This service is a very loaded service. So I've got to try and be mercifully brief so that we can go to the Lord's table as well. So bear with me and I will be consistently looking at my watch. Um, and I can promise you I will not take longer than I have to. Because as you know, I'm a Liverpool fan. And I would want to get home just like many of you to Sunday roast or to maybe go and watch the football. That is just by the by. That is just by the by. However, because I don't traditionally do Sunday roast, I may try and extend it a little bit because I think the game is later. If you love Jesus, put your hands together for the Lord. Come on, let's clap for Jesus. Amen, amen. Now I'm going to ask another question. Hopefully the young men at the back will participate. Who is your favorite leader? I'm going to go from you, young man. Who is your favorite leader? Can you just stand up, please? Sorry, putting you on the spot. But that's how I am. I'm very spontaneous. Martin Luther King. Good man. Next to him. You can sit down now. Who is your favorite leader? It's okay to be maybe. Nelson Mandela. Good man. Following on, it tells you one thing. If ever Joseph is the preacher, you need to come prepared. You never know what he's going to throw at you. Who is your favorite leader? Jesus Christ. Hey, you can't go any, any wrong with that one. You're a smart man. You're going places. Go on. Rosa Parks. There will be no Martin Luther King Jr. without Rosa Parks, isn't it? Good boy. Go on, Adino. Barack Obama, you guys are very biased, but I'll give it to you. Very biased people. Very biased young men, but I'll give it to you. Now from the congregation. Somebody, anyone at all, brave and bold, I want three people to name other leaders. I'll go, I'll let you understand where I'm going with it. Anyone at all? Paul, the apostle? Thank you. Anyone else? The late queen, thank you very much. One last person. Billy Graham, thank you. So we've got Barack Obama, we've got Martin Luther King Jr., we've got Nelson Mandela, we've got Christ Jesus himself, Paul the Apostle, the late queen, and then um, Nelson Mandela and, uh, what did you say, Rosa Parks? And what did Adino say? Barack Obama. What, which one am I missing? Charles Spurgeon, good man. Billy Graham is the one I'm missing. Leaders, leaders. This morning, our passage is about leaders. When I was in theological school, it blew my mind when we came to preaching the, the tutorial, preaching tutorial. And then my preaching tutor, who is retired now, my principal at the time, put on a video of Barack Obama for us to watch. sat through it and he said just watch that's like one and a half hours of watching and listening to barack obama's acceptance and inaugural speech when he first became president then after i asked him i said why did we watch barack obama i said yeah because if you listen to how he presents and how he went about his business i think preachers need to try and learn a lot from this barack obama um, like many others, was a good storyteller. 
Why did I ask the question about leaders from the passage we read today? The passage we read today and from Ezekiel chapter 34 speaks about shepherds. Look at your neighbor and say, shepherds. Sorry, I always need this interaction because otherwise I'll get carried away. If you interact very well, then I'll stay here. I won't move along so that the camera can get me. Shepherds. Say to your neighbor, shepherds. Why am I speaking about shepherds today? I also got taught in theological school that as a preacher, we need to have the Bible in one hand and have the newspaper in one hand so that when you read what is happening in the world, you can hopefully use the scripture, the power of the word of God to speak into what is happening in our world. It can be vice versa. So as a preacher and as a pastor or as a servant of God, you need to be well informed. In our world today, we have chaotic word leadership. Why did I go to you young men at the back to start with? I went to you young men at the back because like they taught me when I was growing up in Ghana, you are the future what? I can hear you. I can hear you. Yes. A bit more conviction? Yes. Good. Because you are the future leaders, that is why I went to you to start with. I like it when you said Barack, you didn't say Barack Obama. What did you say, young man, first? Martin Luther King Jr. Maybe next time I get to come and preach here, I'll let you for two minutes come and tell me what about Martin Luther King Jr. you love. Leadership is central and integral to whatever we do. If you come from the continent where I come from, the African continent, what we have is we have leaders who think about themselves. Now, if you are followed, I'm not a politician, but if you are followed even governance in this nation for a while, this morning whilst I was coming with my daughter, we were counting on our fingers. Within the period of, I think, 2008 till now, this nation has had about how many leaders, young people? Who is into politics? How many, Baba? Seven leaders. Passage this morning from Ezekiel chapter 34 speaks about the failures of leaders. The word shepherd they use really is translated to mean people that generally rule. Very important. God cared so much about his people that he cared who was what leading or who was ruling them. These leaders had negligently carried their duty. They had been leaders who have been very unskillful. These leaders had been very unfaithful. They had looked after themselves more than they had looked after the people of God. These leaders were not good administrators in themselves. Now God didn't like that. So God, through the sermon of God, spoke to them and said, Woe to you, shepherds. Now you and I know another shepherd. And we'll find that out in the book of John chapter 10 verse 11. When Jesus comes and he says, I am what? The good word. Good. But then we also know in this passage, if you were listening and following Roy, in the verses 20 and 24, God through the prophet Ezekiel goes to a place in this passage where he says to them, I am about to raise a new kind of shepherd. In the person of what? David. 
Now you and I know if you have been following your scriptures and you've been you know, learning a lot from the scriptures that David was a leader and was a man after God's own word, heart. He had his struggles. He had his challenges. He had his moments. David was a man that when his people had gone to war, he stayed behind. He was in his upper terrace. And whilst he was there, he would look and his eyes would lead him astray. He would look lustfully onto another man's wife. And he would do things with another man's wife that would bring him problems. Not only that, he will as well go further by putting this man in front of the battlefield and get this man killed. In spite of all his wrongs and his errors and his challenges and his failures and his faults, David was a man who understood that he could not do without the great shepherd. That is why in Psalm 23, he speaks and he says, The Lord is my what? Shepherd. And I shall not want. Hallelujah. He knew as a leader, I cannot do what I do except I acknowledge that I myself who is a shepherd, I am only a small shepherd in the eyes and in the grand scheme of what? The bigger shepherd. If you are a father here, if you are a mother here, you are an uncle, a grandfather, a grandparent, whatever you are, whatever capacity you are in, I have come with an announcement to you. Maybe we ought to have the spirit of David where we acknowledge that though we are fathers or mothers or parents in our household, and though we are shepherds in our household, we are also what sheep in the pasture of what? The bigger God. Thank God for that little boy. When everybody was choosing to be a donkey and everybody was choosing to be something else, he said, I am God. You got a son who knows what he wants to be. He didn't want to mince his word and muck around. He knew what he wanted to be. Everybody can choose to be something else. He wanted to be the big daddy. Your boy is going places. But, what am I saying to you? We ought to understand where God sits, the place of God in our lives. They have failed the flock of God. Psalm 100, if the people at the back, if I've not done this, you know, put it up, you see. He says, we are the sheep of what? His pasture. Oh, thank God I'm a sheep in the pasture of God. Thank God. That's why we sang the song earlier, Shepherd of My Soul. That he will lead us even in dark valleys. The shepherd of our soul. But this passage in Ezekiel 34 just don't stop there by rebuking the leaders for their failures. By coming against the leaders, the leaders for their faults. By bringing them to accountability for how they had failed the people. He goes on to also address sheep and sheep. <laughs> oh, wow. The scriptures are beautiful. So maybe you are sitting there thinking, oh, yes, today, today this preacher has got it on for the leaders. No, he's also got it on for the sheep, which you and I are. I have a pastor who once said to me, sheep give birth to what? Sheep. 
Does that make sense? What does that mean? You are the ones that I need to go out there and evangelize and spread the good word of God. But that's not where I'm going this morning. Where I'm going this morning is when, when the prophet Ezekiel comes and rebukes the leaders and speaks to the leaders about their failings and their faults and ignoring what they had been called to do, what the passage goes further to speak about is how some sheep also have what? Been able to make themselves fat and not looked after the weaker ones. That's what we do as people. We're coming to Christmas. You're thinking, why is he preaching about sheep, shepherds, and leaders, and all that? This is a season where we that maybe have plenty need to look out for those that do not what have. And that is the mark of what? Leadership. Leadership is not the titles we wear, or the rank we wear, or the positions we occupy in society or in our communities, or contextually in our local church. Leadership is what you do. So Nelson Mandela, young man, who said Nelson Mandela? Nelson Mandela demonstrated to the world the highest form of our faith. And that was forgiveness. And that is what? Leadership. When he came into power, he had all the power to do to the people that had oppressed them and marginalized them and hurt them and not made them become who they were. But what Nelson Mandela did on his inauguration, go and find it, was he invited his jailer and gave him front row seats when they inaugurated him as president. He was showing and demonstrating their forgiveness. Because that is leadership. So this Christmas season, my challenge or my gentle nudge to you as sheep here now. And I'm also a sheep. To say, what do we do in our community? And how do we look after other sheep that do not have all the luxuries we have? That will not have all the jollof rice we will be eating. And here the Nigerians can come and learn from us, we the Ghanaians, how to cook jollof rice. We need to take our roast dinner to the highest level where we don't just invite people from our only circles, we need to learn as sheep to look after those also that are not going to be able to have enough this Christmas day. So that the rebuke we read about here in Ezekiel will not only be for the leaders in our society and people in government maybe that are not looking after the poor and the destitute and are not caring for the needy, but we, the sheep, will go further and look after those around us that also are in need. This Christmas, a sheep in the pasture of the living God. What are your objectives? Maybe you need to think about that neighbor who you know son or daughter wouldn't be there for them. They will be lonely and they will be freezing in their home. And maybe you need to go around with a hot soup. Maybe you need to go and look after them and you knock on the door and you say, I've brought the Christmas pudding. And you care. That's leadership. You who said Jesus Christ, that was Jesus Christ's mission. Caring for the needy in our society. That's why he said, I am what? The good word, shepherd. 
All those that have come before me, they are robbers. Because what they jump over the gates to come into the sheep pen. But I come opening the gates itself. And he goes on to say, I am also what? The gates. The good shepherd. The promise to send a good shepherd is a promise by our Lord Jesus Christ. Or by our Father in heaven. To bring us one who will care for us. One who will understand us. One who will provide for us. One who will nurture us. One who will bind and heal our wounds. Sometimes in our society, we realize leadership continue to fail us. As much as leadership continue to fail us, we also do well to fail ourselves. In Jeremiah 3.15, prophet of God says to them, if they will repent, the Lord says, I will give you now shepherds, leaders after my own heart. Sometimes we the sheep need to come to the place where repentance is key for us. Sometimes the repentance we need is the repentance to go before God and say, we have failed you as your people. Looking and caring for she. By that it might be your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, your grandmother, your grandfather. They are all sheep in the pasture of the living God. Sometimes that is how we fail. But this morning, just before I sit down, come with me, let us go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And I know you like the New Revised Standard Version, but I want to go to the New Living Translation. And I want to read for you something it says there. Because the failure of leadership, the failure of the shepherds, I believe sometimes we in the New Testament or we under this covenant, God has empowered us to have something to do about that. And he says it in the book of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse, verses 1 and 2, where he says in the New Living Translation, we need to ask for help for those in authority. He says when you gather like this, and you gather for worship like this, one of the things you need to do is to pray for those in authority. Barry said the queen is the leader I believe I want to mention. Yes, her attributes, the things she did, her faith and how she, in her death, someone told me that do you know that she had written how her death should go, the scriptures that was used and everything. She had planned all that. Do you know how many souls around the world she would have communicated her faith to, even in her passing? All through her funeral, the one thing that touched me was when they were bringing her into Westminster Abbey and they were chanting and singing Psalm 133. It hasn't left me since. The words of that psalm, as powerful, potent, that it was, captured her faith to the world. Millions around the world watched her. That is leadership. That is a person 
who understood their faith. But our prayer for leaders, your prayer for your pastor Barry, consistently dedicated, devoted to with and praying for Barry as the shepherd of this house matters a lot. I, when I became born again, I'm digressing a little bit, but allow me here. When I became born again, I was part of what we call in my local church in Ghana, the intercessory department. One of the things we did consistently was always to pray for the servant of God. If Barry is watered, the assembly is watered. And today I still know some of those ministers I prayed for. I watched them on TV. And I'm glad I was part of a team that prayed for them. That they will succeed. That they will hear from God consistently. That they will be able to nourish us with God's word consistently. That they will care for the flock of God. Because we know ministers and leaders go through so much. But it is our duty as the sheep sometimes to pray for the shepherd. To pray for those in government. To pray for Rishi Sunak. To pray for parliament. To pray for the house of lords. Not because of anything, but we need them to understand that they also need prayer. That the wisdom and the counsel of God will consistently guide them and lead them in the right path. That is the duty of sheep. That is the duty of church. We have First Timothy up there, please. Are you able to help us at all? If not, don't worry. Those of you that have your Bibles, let us go to it, and that's where I want to finish. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Don't worry if you don't have it. You have some Bibles in your pews. And... It says in the New Living Translation, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and those who are in authority so that they can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. That prayer there or this charge there wasn't to the leaders. It was to the followers. It was to you and I that are the sheep in the pasture. This morning, this is where I would love to finish. When was the last time you prayed for your own father? When was the last time you prayed for your own wife? When was the last time you prayed for your own husband? When was the last time you prayed for your pastor? When was the last time you prayed for the deacons of this church? When was the last time you prayed for the leaders of this nation. And how often do you do it? As a sheep. Look at what the scripture says in the verse 2. It says, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. So that they can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. You can't be praying for your leaders like this and your leaders will fail. It is impossible. Because prayer never dies. Prayer is held up by God. 